Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Stanfield Index Under Pressure podcast. My name's Dan Kennett and with me to go through um, two more wins, the never-ending factory of, of production line of Liverpool FC wins. Um, I don't, we're a man down tonight, um, no, 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 no Dr Phil, um, he is... Um, on a corporate jolly somewhere. So I am, um, fortunately, I do have our uh, resident video analyst and uh, qualified, and, and I think I'm going to call you uh, Rosie as well, um, one half of our um, data collection duo, because <laughs> yeah. it is true. Yeah, been this season. Yeah. And uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it, um, Sai's posted a video of um, the, the uh, pressing chains leading to shots of season. There's some very interesting ones in there. Yeah. Um, there's some that are only like two or three long, yeah, but then there's some that are quite counter-pressing and there's some that lead to goals and it's definitely worth a watch. 26 goals in total, I think. Uh, 26 yeah. shots. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good one to watch with a, a nice cold beer or something, you know, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> but uh, so that's in the, that's in the under pressure chat and we'll be tweeting it from the uh, from the account later. So, yes, um, that is good. Um, so thanks to Rosie for putting that together. Um and I do have, luckily, this week he is back. It's Mr. Simon Brundish, our resident sports scientist, our most, our most practised sports scientist. Evening, boys. We As Phil said, the best contact book of the sports scientists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you get. This is what you, you get a contact book by doing actual work, not sitting in the <laughs> tower. <laughs> in that right side. Yeah, reading. <laughs> yeah, tapping away on a keyboard, writing a thesis or something, or marking. They the don't do that. They sit reading most of the time. There's a big circle jerk of research that they all, they all. Uh, there's like there's like twelve of them that that's from different unis that sit around doing doing little tests and then pu- publishing each other and getting each other late, uh, named as publishers. It's <laughs> it's, it's a circle. So get yeah, increase their money. We know it. <laughs> In- incidentally, does anybody know when the uh, Champions League final? Oh, is it, isn't it like first of June again? Last day of the season is May the twenty second. What's it clash with? Have you just noticed something? Oh, uh, yeah, we just got in the cup final yesterday. Oh well. Oh well. And this is Derby Ladies, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, well done, mate. Well done. That's a long gap between the semi-final and the final. Uh, it's, it's women's football, dude. You've no idea how shitty it is. Oh, well, okay. And it, that's, that's one for a different podcast. But uh, on this podcast, we are going to talk, firstly, about uh, Liverpool 2, Norwich 1 in the fifth round of the FA Cup. Um, I guess, in, um, Si, the biggest uh, story about this, uh, this match was, was the rotation. Ten changes. Gotta love this level of rotation. It's tremendous. At this at this point in the season, this is this is Klopp. He's only ever had had. I don't even I don't even know if it's level of uh, availability because that's not true. But he's only ever utilised the squad this way um, in eighteen nineteen this period before. But we weren't so heavily involved in the cups at this stage either. So so it looks even it's even more accentuated because of the extra games we've got. I love yeah. it. And and it seems to be keeping more lads in form because yeah. they've got more opportunity to play. Yeah. So the only player who was there from the previous game is Chelsea was 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 Hendo. Uh, he was back in the in the sixth role. But do you want to wish to some of the other um, noteworthy um, rotations? Say. So Trent got the night off, obviously. Yeah. All sorry. The, all uh, so the- so. The four- the fullbacks obviously got well, we we rotated throughout the season throughout the whole team really didn't we it was just it was just Hendo that got the he is on minutes so uh, he was he was gradually increasing his chronic load I I, I expect him to play um, and the lads from the outside uh, so CJ who hadn't played for uh, uh, let me get that sheet up uh, CJ had been kind of locked out for a while hadn't he. Um, yeah. Uh, so he hadn't played for. Let's see, he played the last two mid. He played the last two midweek games with. with yeah, yeah, yeah. Played, played once in three weeks, and then and then yeah, he, uh, it's that level of rotation. He's finally kind of getting in, getting himself in, um, and then Ox came out of nowhere as well, didn't he? Yeah, played like full ninety five. <laughs> yeah, just just yeah. run him into the ground. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, after because we got kind of mitigation of of the 129 minutes uh, on the previous Sunday, hadn't we? To to mm. kind of make up for, um, and then uh, Jotter's in to to increase his chronic load and give him some game time. Yeah, get, try and try and find him a little bit of rhythm, which I'm, he, he seems to be off a little bit at the moment. Yeah. And then uh, and then the two uh, Mickey Mouse Cup lads come straight in, don't they? Because they they had their places taken as we get further and further into the competition, and yeah. uh, and Divi and, and Taki were back at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and just because um, obviously it's five subs in the FA Cup, so obviously the Hendo one on the hour was pre-planned. Yeah, for Morton coming on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the only one which would have been unplanned would have been the Elliot sub, uh, Elliot for, for Jones. Yeah, yeah, that might yeah. Have been planned for later in the match, but not exactly that. Yeah, yeah, and then the other three subs though, were I thought was was surprisingly late, eighty eighty four minutes. So um, yeah, that was a bit. I thought they might have been used a little bit before. But were, were you happy with that generally, and how we um, how we rotated the squad in the game as well? Yeah, I think seventy eighty minutes doesn't really make a lot of difference to to game time. You just it's, a, it's an extra couple of sprints uh, at, at the end of a game where, that you see them on the pitch when all the play, all the fans have gone. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just it, it was just really about about uh, I'd imagine because the game was still so tight, it was actually in the balance a little bit. So yeah, 
I think that's yeah. what that changed changed the options of subs or the timing of subs more than anything. Yeah. Uh, were you surprised to see um, Kelleher not um, get the run out again for the domestic cup? Well, Ali, Ali uh, he doesn't miss t- doesn't tend to miss two games in a row, and they want to. Yeah, I just think they wanted to keep him um, ticking over, which is why he got the game uh, in the semi final, wasn't he? In the in the Caribbean, yeah. I, think, I think it's got nothing to do with the cups. If if a normal situation, if it was league and then cup, he would have had the game off. But yeah. they wanted to make sure he was in form. Yeah, so we'll probably expect to see Kelleher for the quarterfinal. I would expect that this is his competition, yeah. I expect he gets the all of the cup games. Nice, nicely done. Um, and um, Roti, fourth time we've played Norwich this season. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't quite as comfortable as some of the others. Um, you wouldn't expect it to be with 10 changes, would you? No. Um, and Norwich pretty much played played a very similar team to the team that played at Anfield recently in the league. Um, how did um, how did it look in the numbers? Well, we've got very limited numbers as we always do, especially with the early rounds of the domestic cups. Um, Seventeen shots to seven, um, four shots on target to two, so down on his season numbers. Um, Eleven corners to one. Um, not to, and we did score from one. Um, the, the, it wasn't quite an assist for Robbo, but the second minimum goal comes from a corner. Two big chances to one. I'm not sure, um, looking at the Scout XG values, um, which ones. Um, it's Minamino, the first goal, definitely, you would agree with. But then the highest value on the XG model, other than that one, is 0.18, the Oxlade-Chamberlain shot, and then 0.16 for the Jota. Um, the Jota header in the second half. Isn't it going to be the Pookie chance? Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's for them. I mean, we had two as well, um, but I'm not sure which two. Oh no, um, they're giving it to um, yeah, they're giving it to Jota. Looking on, looking on, um, who scored? They've given it to Jota. 69 minutes. That's the header. Which the is header. Bad. Yeah, yeah, and and and, 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 and no, one is Josh Sargent just before that. We ended up with 1.46 xG to Norwich's um, 0.41, so three times as much. They didn't have much of a chance, did they? Um, and Minamino and Origi, the greatest sixth and seventh choice forwards in the history of football, or what this season? Looking at their um, minutes per goal, Remarkable, isn't uh, it? <laughs> no depth, Dan. And um, <laughs> yeah, so. it's. It, 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 they just keep doing it. I guess they have to if they want to, if they even want to play in these cups because there's plenty of competition now. Um, yeah, we, we created 0.91 of their XG down the left, only 0.22 down the right, and then the rest down the middle. Um, and we barely conceded any anyway. Just their their big chance came from the right. So yeah, not much stats. It's a game that I think. We probably will forget, although that Minamino second goal was quite the strike. He added, interestingly, on the White Scout post shot XG, it went from a 0.12 chance to a 0.62 chance. Oh, uh, that is uh, wow. both, of his, both of his goals added value to the shot post shot. So, yeah, yeah, very impressive. Yeah, he is. He is. A, he's just a. He's just a good finisher. He, he really is, is a, a, a neat and tidy finisher. And um, they always say that that, that is the hardest skill in football is, is is putting the ball in the back of the net. But aye, um, so sorry, it was um, 
we're not going to spend too long on this game. I mean, the, the, I guess the main talking point is is Minamino is probably his most probably his his his, his most influential um, game for Liverpool. Fair, fair comment, say. Uh, probably, I th- I'm the wrong person to talk about these things because he only has influential games in in the Mickey Mouse Cups, and I don't take any notice of them. I barely barely even watch. Um, I did watch. I got the second half of this. I watched the first one back, but I really don't think I'm paying enough attention to to uh, compare to previous games that I didn't watch at all. Um, he, he was good. <laughs> very honest of you, say. He was good. He did. He did all right. I honestly, even for the cup final, right? I was excited for the lads and the girls who got to go to the game. I was excited that we got to win. It was enthralling when we were there, and then I forgot about it instantly. So I just can't. You, eh? you have been incredibly consistent for years. <laughs> I, I've been to cup finals. I still, I still like. It's the occasion, you know. I ask, and it's nice. On it's a nice day out and everything. It's it's like going to Alton Towers or something. But I, it's not part of the legacy. I couldn't care less about that nonsense. I, I, I still, my first thought is always the same as watching internationals. I hope our lads don't get injured for the proper games. And and so that's not you know it's not a fair way to to um, objectively analyse these lads and these performances. That um, if you look at we, we, you, you were just mentioning the the minutes, the goals and assists for them this season, and their ridiculous numbers, which they are ridiculous numbers. Um, we've got five lads with with um, goal with the a score and a goal or assist less than every hundred minutes, or better than every hundred minutes. Yeah. Which is absurd, absolutely absurd. Yeah. But that being said, we had one last season. Uh, well, two things. Can you name the five? This season. Uh, this season, five lads under 100 minutes. Origi and Minamino. Yeah. Salah. Yeah. Jota Mane. No. no, not Mane, not Mane. Firmino. Not either. Bobby. Bobby. No, nope. Jota not in there either. Not Bobby's either. Bobby's at one hundred and two. Okay. Is, is, oh is, no, no. Diogo is in there. Diogo's at ninety-one. So we got we got Diogo, Divi, and Taki. Mo is number four. Bobby's at one hundred and two. So he not him. Mane's one two one twenty-three. Like Kai Gordon, is it? <laughs> and Kai Gordon at ninety-five. <laughs> 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 We're keeping the Gordon stats already. I love it. <laughs> Uh, but uh, and then last season we didn't have any under a hundred minutes apart from one lad. And you were just you talking him up about how influential he's been. It's tacky really? because he plays he plays in Mickey Mouse cups and and teams that are in Mickey Mouse cups are rubbish. Um, and and we just had more games to play this season because we keep we get, we we had much better draws. We had Man City draws this season, which has been <laughs> tremendous. Not quite, but you know, like City, City, and always get the team that isn't in the Premier League, um, and we've had much better chance to do that this season. And and then Norwich, as if Norwich care about the bloody FA Cup, they're just so trying desperately to stay up or something. Um, so so we've we've got lots of opportunities for these lads to score. They are, it's fun, great. Yeah, yeah. Just on just on Minamino then, Rosie. I mean. Um, you can you can talk about is he you know we talk about how much data do you need to evaluate somebody as a finisher are they are they a good finisher are they just hot 
is there a lot of luck involved in you know in their numbers and stuff like that? So you look at Liverpool now. He's got he's got thirteen goals overall uh, for us now. Fifty in only fifty six shots. So he's just, he's got a twenty three percent shot conversion now. Normally, Rosie, we'd say that that is that's too hot, isn't it? That's going to come down. Yeah, anything above one in five, you say, is a bit hot and tends to regress. Um, but if you can stay around the nineteen twenty mark um, yeah. for for a decent period of minutes, more yeah. than I'd say, I'd say more than three thousand minutes, um, then I'd say you're, you're up there with the elite finishers because it's hard to do that. Looking at his career numbers, though, Rosie on 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 FB ref. So you know, in for Salzburg, over six seasons, his 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 um, shot conversion was seventeen percent, and in yeah. the Euro- Europa League, over four seasons, it's twenty one percent. So maybe he, he is, is a, is maybe he is a twenty percent finisher. Well, that, that shot, I know it's only against Norwich, but the, we've seen him score goals in the Premier League that have been good finishers. It's, it's clear. be interesting to go and have a look at his post shot numbers on Scout and see how much value he has had. Because he does, as Lube's just, Lubo's just mentioned it in the uh, in the group, he's, got, he's an excellent finish. His technique's really good. That second yeah. goal, especially, you can see that um, he's not lashing it. It's, it's, no. it's a there's a technique to it. It was so, the one he scored against Palace. Different, different kinds of finishes as well, chips and blasts and yeah, you know, curlers. He seems to have it. So, Rosie, do you remember the one he scored against Palace in the seven 0 the, the opening goal? Yeah. It was a lovely finish. Just, yeah, he just, yeah, he just made a little, made half a yard for himself in the um, and yeah. um, sent the keeper the wrong way and stuck it in the opposite corner. It was a great goal. Scott didn't he score two that game and then didn't play again for about three months. Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> a, lot, a, lot, a lot of weird. A lot yeah, of weird. Exactly what happened. happened. <laughs> he went to Southampton, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, but he didn't play for five games. He didn't score, and then he sold, to, and then he loaned Southampton. That was it. Yeah, even at Southampton, yeah. he had a fifteen percent conversion. So anyway, my point what, what, what is it? What I think it's the best thing to talk about in Norwich. What is it that Taki doesn't do? People said he wasn't strong enough. That's yeah. what the main gripe was. He was he was knocked off the ball too easily. But his pressing's good. You know, his pressing is always he's, he's always up there in terms of his intensity. Um, he doesn't get many direct possession wins, and fair enough. But you know, but he forces a lot of turnovers. Um, he, he, his movement is really good. When in but, build up. Uh, not not what does he do? What doesn't he do? Because he obviously doesn't do something. Because he is he is very obvious, very obviously last in line in in Klopp's attackers. And yeah, I just, he, I'm just trying to. He, he looks better than that to me, and he obviously yeah. doesn't do something. What do you say? He's, he's, ob- he's empirically, he's not as good as the others. Yeah, that's it. He's not, oh. I, I can't, I can't find that argument for Divi. Oh, right, okay, but I think just Divi because it's a central role, right? He doesn't play Divi wide, does he? But he, no, it's not true. He did play Divi wide for most of the time that Divi's been at Liverpool. He, he's he's given, like I think they must have fallen out or something last season, and he's decided he's going to play centre forward because most of his time was played off the left, and, and very often Mane used to used to come into the middle if he'd come on for Bobby. I just yeah. think it, I just think it's a quality ahead of him. Maybe just not Divock, but there might be a little bit of sentiment in there sometimes. Yeah, and um, there's a few people in the, the live show chat saying maybe is it is it is it language barrier communication and is also he seems quite shy boy. Um, there might be some stuff in that. We know fo- you always talk about how. Sorry, you always talk about how dressing rooms are a very alpha environment. Yeah, no, no, he speaks English and uh, uh, by all accounts he's a really good dude. They love him. 
But he, he is a really good dude. He's a really smart, tactical player. Like he's always in the right position. If you if you take a, a, a you know a hundred foot view of the pitch, that like he's always tactically in the right spot. It's from my perspective. I wonder if he makes the right pass. But like that stuff that we would have uh, like scouted. So we bought him for a reason. I'm not sure what the thing is that he didn't, he doesn't do that we expected him to. Like somebody said, speed. Like you'd know that before he comes in. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm really not sure of the thing that he is, he is missing. I like him. He does all right. He's a very tight player. I wasn't sure who he was when we bought him. Whether he was a player that we wanted or anything. Maybe it was just because it was seven and a half million. And it was, it was. No loss, you know, it was no biggie if we if it didn't work, or it could have been amazing. Well, if, if we it sold did. him now, we get a lot more than seven and a half million for him. You think? I think the prices have dropped. Prices across the board now. Everyone's talking fifty million. When two years ago, people were talking in the hundreds for everybody. Like bloody Harry Maguire, he'd get twelve pound fifty. But <laughs> that's different now because he's still that's twenty million. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so. Question right for you then, Sai. Yeah, you know, just to build on that extension. Let's just say, for instance, um, we've got the next three games. We've got all big, going to be big pressing games into Brighton and Arsenal. Right. Say, for example, we go to Arsenal in a week's time, and he puts Taki in the front three alongside, say, um, Diaz and uh, Salah. Right. Would you have any qualms about seeing that front three with it, with, with Minamino in it? For, for Not like at all. No, I, I felt really. I, I thought that he would be great as a nine, facilitating the two around him. And he's just never, never had that opportunity. I think he's played forty minutes of his entire Liverpool career with Sadio and um, Salah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that seemed to me to us when when we bought him that he was going to be Bobby's understudy. Yeah, and he's just never been. He's never had the chance to do it. And I don't know it because Salah Mane's kind of got. A little bit better at doing that, but I'm still not convinced by him playing that in the in the false nine. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I'm fine with with using him up for minutes against the dross. Yeah, yeah. But, but my question that's why I picked Arsenal because they're in the top four now. They you know they are improving. I would just say, but I would have no problems with that lineup either. For example, so no. Yeah, it's when you it's when you have to put. Exactly. If you put Divi and Origi in the Premier League team against Arsenal, that's the point. Divi and Taki. Yeah, God, no, yeah, you can't do that. Get both of them in the front three, and then only one of the other guys, then you should only think in E. Okay, is that a bit, is that a step too far now? But yeah, okay. Right. Um, we've already, you've already mentioned the second goal, Rosie. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was absolutely, it was, it was a Galazzo, wasn't it? It was, um, like I said earlier, corner. Um, obviously doesn't get an yes, assist. Yes, another goal. Gets yeah, gets a flick on from the Norwich player, control perfectly, and it's a is uh, basically times the xG value by five. Um, that's, that's how much quality was in the shot. Keeper had no chance. I didn't even know it had gone in. I thought it side netting until he just peels off to the corner. <laughs> yeah. Um. Just one thing I wanted to ask you about, Rosie, because um, we early in the in the, in the year after the Chelsea game. We did a bit about freaky long-range goals going in, low-percentage efforts. Yeah. Um, and I, I said, well, I don't think we'll score another one for the rest. Of, we'll concede another one for the rest of the season. And then Norwich do it to us twice <laughs> in in two games at Anfield, right? So <laughs> yeah. the Rashid, what was it? What have you? What have you got? Have you got a value for the um, um, 
It wasn't just Sargent, was it? Who scored for them? Rupp. Um, Rupp. Yeah, I can't find it. It was 0.03. Okay, chance. And the, the was, Rashika was won. Turned into a point three. It was turned into a big chance, not point, point 0.29 on the post shot. So a tough one to save. The, the, the Rupp chance? The Rupp yeah. goal? What, yeah. what, where did he stick it? I can't remember that. Was um, I, I, thought, I thought it was impossible to say. It, it went. Oh, it, oh, it was a big deflection. He was going the opposite side. I thought so. Hang on, hang on. Are we talking about the Rashika goal in the league a few weeks back? Because that was a deflection as well. No. Yeah, no deflected. Oh, this, so this was deflected as well. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I must have missed that. Point zero three. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, Yeah, I, I wasn't sure it got a deflection. Sorry, but either way. I told you, you paid more attention than me. Yeah, Rashikas was a a 2% chance as well, but that was massive deflection, wasn't it, off somebody? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was it off massive? Also, I think we'll come on to it during the West Ham game. We we have uh, gone a a portion of big chances now without conceding, so... Yeah. Uh, It's just um, because we'll come on to it in a minute with the West Ham game, but... The, the the distribution of our goals conceded versus our XG is is, is bizarre this season because it must be now about eight goals, which are about three percent chances or less, and then the opposition continue to miss big ones against us. Rosie, it's it's just it's just yeah. really really nuts. The randomness of finishing. <laughs> yes. Right. Anything else on Norwich, chaps? Nope. Right. So now, West Ham. Before we actually start talking about the game, um, I want to talk about the um, the day before the West Ham game because I logged on to Twitter and there was a meltdown going on. Um, it, I wondered what was going on first. Everybody was just crying about stuff. And it turns out Klopp had said, been quite uh, forthcoming, I think, in his press conference about injuries. And um, there was a room, there was, was rumours that Cater was injured again. Obviously, Firmino and Thiago were injured. And then Jones was out. And somebody else was out as well. Was it? No, it wasn't Jota. Who was it? Can you remember, Rosie? Any? There was Matt. Yeah, Matic was ill as well. Um, and then um, Cater and Cater ends up starting the match, and Jones ends up coming in a sub. And now we hear today that Firmino, Matip and Thiago were all back in training. So what? What was going on there? Uh, side was Klopp just unusually candid for once. Yeah, maybe. Uh, who knows? Like, it's impossible to listen to him. Don't trust that word he says from when he talks about injuries. I'm not sure if he's being um, deliberately evasive, or, or, or he, he doesn't want to tell anybody, or he just doesn't pay enough attention. Or, or that's that sounds bad. That he hasn't already been through the injury reports that morning before he goes into into the press conference. So he's telling you from something he vaguely talked about the previous day. He's not sure. And you'd be amazed by how quickly things change day to day when it comes to injuries. Okay, so let's give us some insight here on this. So we've got two really good ones, I think, to talk about. So Curtis Jones comes off at half-time in the Norwich match. And yeah. um, we're told he's out of the game. Then he makes the bench and he comes on in injury time. So what how do you how, so what was the progression of the the Jones injury from day to day and how, how did he end up end up coming on the pitch so if you get if if you get that uh, it depends where it is but just the example right if you got a little bit of muscle soreness in the upper hip so in the um the crease basically at the lowest part of your pelvis leg 
right? It could be one of eight different uh, muscle strains you've got in there. It might just be muscle soreness. It feels very, very similar. Um, and it's a really active set of muscles that you use for running and for, uh, for kicking a football. So if you have one of those, you, everybody is different. So if you grade pain out of 10 um, and you have, uh, nobody's going to play with, with pain right now unless it's essential because we've got so many midfielders. So if you have a, a three and you have a three in training for three days, so you're getting massage, you're getting, you're getting uh, just rehab um, and it's not getting better day on day. And is that a subjective people with a player telling them 100% subjective it's absolutely subjective yeah and then so he could have a three but given that the exact same injury james milner might not even tell anybody about it at all right right uh and then you might get somebody else that has an eight when they've got exact same injury and then so and then you can it can really quickly go from a three to on the fourth day or the fifth day to a one and to a nothing because it was just muscle sore in the first place or it's a really small uh, injury that just felt uncomfortable when when kicking and you can't feel it day to day and then you're not you give it enough rest and three or four days and suddenly it feels better and you feel fine you're good to go you test it nothing happens they drop you into full day of training and you're fit to play and nobody was lying it's just that you think it's one thing it might not be you're never quite entirely sure exactly what it is and then it's fine okay so do you think uh, Ronaldo's hip flexor went from a 1 to a 10 when he found out he wasn't playing (laughs) yeah (laughs) I I, I think I think his ego fell on it (laughs) um Anyway, that's enough United. Uh, right. Um, so, and it's a, exactly the same situation with Cater, or just a different muscle um, soreness, was it? To, to compare yeah, to I, I think people. I think people are a little bit wary with some players more than others. That's all. And so, so you know, like I, I'm going to say Studge, but Studge is just the example, not because of his injury history, just because everybody's heard the story of um, Studge needed an extra day of rest because he's a fast twitch player. Fast twitch players. Uh, very often take an extra day of rest unless you call called Mane and Salah um, and uh, Cater falls into that bracket and uh, so they just were a little bit careful with him and he was fine that's all yeah it's mad and then, then yeah and then he, he ends up starting the game so well a lot of times a lot of times it's just been read into by the press that's all they might have seen who was in training one day and go oh right. so he's missed training that means he's injured because it's a certain player when it was planned all along Okay. And let's let's say at this point in the season, do you know we were talk, we talked three weeks ago about how accurate the fatigue index was because there yes. was no training, right? We went through a period of 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 two weeks where there was lots of training. Now we're back to a period where everyone's balls out playing three every three and a half days, right? So over the course of this block of games, the games, the training sessions that each player is going to miss alongside the the game time that they've got and are going to miss is all planned out already so yeah. so uh, let's say next wednesday somebody's not somebody is going to play but then somebody's not going to train for the two days before that to mitigate load it's already planned out and there are going to be players that miss training deliberately And the press won't just know about that. They'll just think, oh, so-and-so's got a knock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. They just think they've got a knock, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the lineup then, Si. Um, obviously, um, 
another nine changes from the Norwich game, but only two changes from the cup final. So Allison was back, and it was Konate in for Matip, who had a, had a cold or something like that, I believe, not COVID. Uh, yeah, yeah. A, a respiratory thing, and then you've got, and then so the only that's the first team, other than Thiago, obviously. But you can kind of interchange for your most expensive midfielder, and and then it's Jota, it's Jota and Diaz, isn't it? That's the that's the discussion. Is you playing Jota or Diaz, or, or Mane, possibly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or Mo. If is Mo actually going to have to be rotated at some point? Say because I'm nah. No, at all. I, don't, I don't think anybody's going to be. I don't think any of the front three need rotating out of games at all. I think they can. The um, I'll be surprised if they're getting deliberately rotated. So you are the Mo Salah's biggest fan in the world. Um, is he slightly fatigued at this point? Does he need something because he his his performance wasn't his normal world class, or was it just one of those games? I don't think, but I don't think it was anything physical. He didn't, he, he was never not in the position. He was never no, not he, making runs. He wasn't tired. You always, he was just, you, you always he, say it's mental, the first thing to go. Uh, yeah, your touch. I don't think there was anything wrong with his touch. He just he said he just missed, well, he just had the, the uh, as we get to the opening chance, um, he just had it saved. And if that had gone in, he'd probably scored three. And that didn't go in. And then, and then the rest of the frustration that everybody else got as well during the game game which it's really really interesting if you if you take take out context of who who each player is right yeah. and just look at this game one player is being absolutely lauded and one player is being relatively vilified and they both had four block shots from stupid stupid places one of them created a really good chance one of them didn't because he had a stupid shot and uh, like the context of the game makes such a big difference for for the narrative uh mo didn't have a great game by his standards at all and he obviously he's he's had it before he got visibly frustrated but if you actually i was i was i was upset it's not the right word i was a little bit worried by the middle of the second half but on watching the game back, I see why he was frustrated because he made four really good runs where he should have been put in, and he didn't get the pa- he didn't get passed to. So I think what happened was, well, I'm just going to do it on my own then. Yeah. So so just, just one of those days. There are reasons behind this stuff, and I don't think it's got anything to do with fatigue. Is what I'm saying. Okay. Good. 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 That's put my mind at rest. I just wanted to, you know, because. We did that ridiculous stat where he played during Afcon, wasn't it? Didn't he play over a thousand minutes in a nine in in a seven match tournament? Yeah, uh, not quite, but it was a it was uh, it was an absurd amount. I don't have that right in front. Of me. But yeah, he, it was it was definitely over nine hundred minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Not, since since, since he arrived, since he came to Liverpool, he has played uh, he has played eight uh, nearly a thousand minutes more than anybody else would Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, it's madness. Aye, okay. So, so, um, so the, out, the the outcome of that is that he is fine to play the rest of the season. Is what what is what I'm alluding to? Yeah. Okay. Good news. Um, and then big news for West Ham. Obviously, Sai was no Declan Rice. First um, first minute of the Premier League season, he has missed. Talking about players who were always available, but it was Declan Rice until this game. Yeah, um, it's right. And like the, how the thing that it made them do differently 
was really, really interesting, I thought. Um, and I put immediately in the group, if you remember, that um, it's going to be interesting to see how they build because he is the connection between the back and the front. Um, right. So I expected them to go long, and um, and they increased their long ball rate by 15%. Yeah. Wow. That is a lot. And, and the other one to talk about, we need to mention at this point, just on, just in terms of availability, um, one of our rumoured targets last summer, uh, Jared Bowen, has started his 78th consecutive match for um, West Ham, which, which, which has become their, I think it's their all-time uh, record for league games started in a row, which is pretty remarkable, really, since he got in the team after he signed from whoever it was, was it Swansea or something? And oh. down. Sorry, Fulham. Hull. Oh. Hull, Hull, okay. Uh, after he signed from Hull, he took a while to get into the team, but now he made 78 consecutive starts. And then I think he ends up with kind of a, an immediate, quite a quite a bad looking ankle injury, unfortunately for him. I think at the end of this, but that was the you know that's you always say un- availability is the most underrated of all metrics. Say, one hundred percent. Yeah, is is Mo is the perfect example of that, and and Suarez, and but 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 it, what it does. So I talk about this with development of of players. Um, which is my day-to-day job, um, is that availability uh, allows more time to be coached. Um, so it allows more time, more availability for training, which hopefully allows more availability for game time. And all of these are great learning opportunities for time to develop. And I think that's what you're seeing with Jared Bowen. I think the way he's developed at West Ham is phenomenal, even with that grok of a dickhead coach. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> but um, I just wonder about Rosie whether maybe that's one of the things that when he was linked last summer we didn't necessarily pick up on was his availability. But that's you know seventy eight games. I, did. I didn't know that. I didn't know that stat was in the making. Yeah, yeah, impressive, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So let's look at let's talk about other stats, Rosie. Let's talk about the match stats. Yeah. So it's kind of a, one of those one of those misleading games when you look at some of the. Raw numbers, the shots, 22 to 13. It looks like pretty much a domination. Um, 33 penalty box touches to 19. You'd say that's in our big favour as well. But then only five shots on target to four, so a bit wasteful. 11 shots in the box to 10. I think that tells quite a big story, as does the two big chances each. Um, We had a lot of 10, 11, 12% chances. Um... When you usually get one of those if you have so many in a game. I think we had about seven or eight. But the XG, the non-penalty XG that we look at was 2.3 to 1.4. And a 0.9 difference, Dan, is just on the threshold of the lucky win to not lucky win on your chart, is it? Yes, yes. yes. I'll, I'll, I'll Top end of it. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So it's in the balance there. And it's in the balance, one, because we only scored one, we only had... I guess we had two real big chances, the more chance in the first minute and then the Mane goal. But so did they, and they had two of theirs. Oh, they had their two when they were only 1-0 down, and it only and it's because it stayed at that. And there's always a chance of losing points there. So it was a close game. The XG models ranged from 2.5 um, stats by Madizat, um, and compared to what to was it's 2.04, so a little bit of a big difference there. Most of them agreed on West Ham's numbers. Um, I'm not sure. I, if did you, did, I, yeah, I think yeah. I, w- I wonder whether that Rosie is because a lot of our uh, 
shots were in transition, you know, and yeah. you know, we break up and then you, you say they ended about 10, 11. So I was just wondering whether Tatsbom likes that kind of shot more than other models do. I think definitely so. Um, we've we've said that they seem to be quite advanced in terms of the amount of players they take. The, 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 the type that it is and then the players that, that are in front of the shot, they take that yeah. into account. Um, so, yeah, and a 1xG difference is a, is a is an absolutely fine number. What was the, to, what was the range on the West Ham? The, the, it wasn't much. 1.33 for Optum, 1.52 for InfoGoal. Um, so not much range in theirs. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those games where you have to dig a bit deeper and look for the quality chances and, and the game states. Um, we could, as I said, if we could have Salah scores that one, we might, he might have scored three. Um, we did go one and look with the minor chance. We didn't have much after that, but we did have lots of, you know, bang average shots, which are 10 to 1 shots. Um, our numbers for the season are still big chances over four in the league. 3.82 across all comps. Um, the non-penalty XG, we are overperforming in terms of goals. 2.38 um, non-penalty XG and then 2.65 on the goals. And then our defence is also overperforming. 0.74 we're down at in terms of goals conceded. 0.96 for the XG. Um, Kayleigh does have his best in terms of defence at 0.89, which is the numbers you want to see. And yeah. we're above, above 1.4 XG difference in all of them. Yeah. All of the models, so, which is impressive. What you were asking me about this then was, was the um, uh, the box plot of the expected yes. goal difference. By I Mark. love it. In terms of the close ones, it's the perfect illustration. Yeah. So um, what this is, is this this takes all the... So you look at all the wins separately from all the draws, separately from all the losses, and you look at the expected goal difference of each of the match, and then you just apply some basic... Distributional. Um, you, you look at the you look at the, the median, the max, um, the min, uh, and then you you work out the percentiles. Now the box, which is the um, um, the wider part, and then you got the whiskers, which is the the bars coming out of the box at the top and the bottom. So the box is the range between the twenty fifth and the seventy fifth percentiles, and then the whiskers go from zero to twenty five, and then seventy five to one hundred. So what you can do with these is you can see the most the result most of the fifty percent of all the results finish are in the box range. So that's where the the majority of the uh, uh, is condensed. Um, and the important thing to note is that when you when you look at draws, um, so you, you, we've even had some draws where we've had an xG difference of one higher than the opposition in that match. Yeah. So and so, tip, but typically a draw is between zero and one xG difference. Right? When you get over one point one or so, it's almost exclusively wins. You, you've, got, you've really got to be unlucky to, to draw a match in that situation. Um, and then we've even had in, in some losses, we've even had up to about half an xG where we 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 had it better than the opposition and still lost. Um, so what did, what did you say it was the the overall range for this match? Was it points? Did you say 0.6 or 0.5? Uh, 0.9 was the extra difference in this match. Right at the so that's right at the bottom of the the box for the wins range. So yeah. it's not it's not a nailed on win, and it's not uh, so it's somewhere in between a draw and a win. So you can say it's a it's definitely a slightly lucky win. Yeah. But we're going to take it, Rosie, aren't we? Absolutely, <laughs> definitely going to take it. And, and again, the game state once you get a goal ahead in the first twenty six minutes, it's it does make a difference, especially against a side 
um, as well organised as West Ham because they weren't giving us, you know, teams go 1-0 up, we saw with Leeds, they were we, they went 1-0 down against us and then they just, they just carried on going, kept going at us, whereas West Ham were a lot more reserved than that, but then took their chance to create good chances and they had good runs and good good assists and through balls to create those chances, so yeah, they're a good side. I don't mind. I don't mind for once giving Moyes a bit of credit. I thought he was an absolute one of the most overrated managers of all time when he was at Everton, um, especially against us. But he's, he's proven me wrong at West Ham. Honestly, I thought it was a shocking appointment when they reappointed him, and he's yeah, same, proven me wrong. I, I thought the, the, when he when he when he came back, I thought that was just an yeah. incredibly bad decision. But hey ho! Um, I think, I think I, this 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 game this game itself tactically how they set up. I think it. He would never have done the things that they did against us for Everton. No, nope. nope. like he would never have made the choices that he did. Um, and I what? genuinely oh, thought, United, yeah, uh, United for sure. But tactically, so the, some of the sophisticated decisions that they that they tried to implement against us, which they they had, a, I think they had a fairly significant impact. Um, I just, I just thought it was interesting. It was very, very unmoise like Lancini. He's like three foot seven, and he's he's David Silva. He's a three foot seven, skillful dribbling playmaker that plays in England. The best you're ever going to get off him is playing inverted winger. And no, he was playing as an eight, like a, probably a six. Actually, he was probably he was playing really deep midfielder that that had lots of um, defensive responsibilities, the most defensive responsibilities in the, of the midfield. Like, you, that's not a moist thing to do. No. No. He, like, he played a Spanish attacker as a, basically Fabinho's man marker. Like, instead of Suchek. The way you used Suchek was just, it was unfellaini like <laughs> Yeah, so I thought you did a really good job. Nice. Right. Um, so let's talk about the start of the game, Sai. Um, the absolute amazing ball from Trent in the first minute. You know, quick thinking. Beyond belief, isn't it, Sai? That, that boy. Uh, I think he was being screamed at at the time. But yeah, um, okay. if, if, you, if you watch, I think there are four replays of it. Um, and the last one that zoomed out, and you can see the whole pitch. Everybody stopped. There's Mo Salah. He makes 15-yard run. Uh, um, he's 15 yards deeper than the back line. And he makes a run five yards in. Then um, Trent puts, the, puts his hand on the ball and then and slams it in behind. Lovely, lovely pass. Um, but it, it was not the pass that led to the run. It was the run that led to the pass. And, it's, and then he, we're, and we're he just, just had the talent to find him. Yeah, we are exactly that. We're we're really lucky that we have both of those things in the same uh, on the pitch at the same time and with the right the right people in the right spots. Um, and um, it it just it it was a little bit unfortunate with how it bobbled a little bit. Like it it, it how you can control that ball that sp- that running speed while it's bouncing at shin height is kind of remarkable. And he still managed to get the the ball into the right spot, so he could have the shot that he wanted to. Just to keep saved it. Just clipped his knee, didn't it? Look, look, yeah, shin, knee. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But after that, I mean, um, the it was pretty much tied. The pattern of play was West Ham continually trying to get Antonio in 
in the down the inside left channel behind Canate and us trying to basically counter them and build and we had to we had a few shots inside the area but nothing it was always men around the shooter and how did you see the the tactical battle in that opening segment they they double we interchange play too little we switch play a little bit too too little and we got a little bit too clogged up in giving mo the ball um we obviously there's nobody's a bigger advocate of, of getting mo the ball but when he is double banked for the whole time you can't just give him the ball and wait for him to do something you have to have runners off him so um, Mo parked himself on the touchline basically and they kept giving him the ball and Cresswell and um, whatever the I think it's a Croatian lad uh, Visic yeah they were just double banking the whole time and they had um, uh, weak side help whoever it was Lanzini usually creating an inside block as well Um, so there was always if Mo beat a man, there was always two more right ahead of him. And nobody was going either around him on the outside or dragging. Uh, there should be somebody in the half space that's that's making sometimes inside runs, sometimes outside runs, which creates um, like a concentration issue for, for Zuma to make a decision, which is the decision making, which makes gaps. It was just reliant on Mo beating three men. Um so it wasn't ideal, uh, and we got we got too clogged up down that side. Sometimes Mane came over and stood still. Sometimes sometimes Henderson was there, mostly stood still, um, because he was doing the recycle first job, which I, I, I tend to like. And then Trent was never going around him either. So so we we often had four lads being marked by five lads, and then which should lead to overloads on the other side if we want to take them, and we just didn't. Weird. We did for the goal. Yeah. Yeah. We had people down on the left-hand side. Before the goal, let's talk about West Ham in that opening period, Si. How do you you appraise Mikel Antonio? Um, Mikel Antonio is way better than than I thought he was. Or, no, way better than his own managers thought he was. Um, and I think probably he was expecting to be. He's a big, strong lad that's got some skills, and he and he can bang a ball really hard. Um, did he have is was the shot that stung Ali's hands in this period? Yeah, there was two shots from Antonio, and both both very similar in the inside left channel behind Canati. Yeah. Tough angles. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have expected Ali to be beaten by either of those. To be fair, no, you'd be, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. So so if we were going to exchange, because there's always. There's always a compromise. If we're going to exchange our way of imposing ourselves on them to him getting in a couple of times there, we'd absolutely have, have given that up. Um, That's the and, thing, though, he was so isolated. He was when they were when they were going long for him. It was literally just him there, wasn't it? Against yeah. there was no one else within thirty meters of him. So and and if you know one for one against against uh, Antonio against the defender, you're going to go Canate. Yeah. Two and three percent chance, though, Stan, and understand. Yeah. I thought he did really well just to get it on target and force Ali to make a save. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, for sure, he but, didn't make any. There was, there was no like bad options. He wasn't not picking players out because there was no. We, they, they occasionally did get the, what they were trying to do was um, in quick turnover. They were trying to get a, a third runner directly from midfield, so the, they were playing constantly with a three 
behind um, Antonio. So, and one of them would bomb as soon as they got possession, which was to try to beat the offside trap. Yeah. And it wasn't always, it wasn't the forward. It was never the forward that was going. It was always a deeper runner. So Suchek did it a couple of times. Bowen would do it if it was, uh, if he was on weak side. Um, and Vicek or Visek or whatever, he, he did it once, okay. didn't get through. And Lancini even got through once. Vasic, is that right? Yeah. Well, Vasic, yeah. yeah. I'd never so, heard of him. Roti, um, but you know it's a bit of a bit of a, a, a tight opening, but we 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 score a really good, we score a really nice goal. It, it is, and I think it, this is what everything that Sai was saying we weren't doing um, in that first half an hour before this goal. This is like a passing move through the middle, then it comes, goes down the left. They work it. They, they see that there's no space. West Ham defending well, so we make come back across the middle. Naby plays a lovely floated pass over the kind of floated. It's not a through ball because he didn't take oh, out the line, but yeah, it's it's a lovely, lovely pass. It has to be perfect, and then it gives um, Trent the chance to cut it across. Mane makes a, t- a tight run um, off the back of the last defender. And he gets a 0.68 big chance tapping. Yeah, lots of um, bold piss about this offside. Yeah, it was, but yeah, but they've. Um, it was the only. I'm not going to spend too long on this. The only thing I want to say is that they, since last season, they have increased the margin of error now. They're not, so they they used to draw the lines, um, but now the, it has to be daylight between the lines. If the lines touch, it's onside. Yeah, yeah. At least we know where we stand a bit more. Yeah. So there is more of a margin of error than there was last season. Season. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the automated technology works when that finally comes. Is, is it? Is it next season? They're talking about that, Rose. The season. Yeah, it looks. Yeah, it's either next season or halfway through. It looks much better because it gives you the the the, the like a like a, a piece of glass goes down the line, so you can see which bits are over, as opposed to the the shaded line like they have now. So it does look yeah. like it will be a little bit better. Oh, a little bit more illustrative to, for the viewer, but yeah. Do we know if the Premier League are taking it next season, or is it going to be piloted somewhere else? Size more likely to know, but I thought it was halfway through the season. Someone else probably knows in the chat. Mm. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I didn't think it was offside. It was a shot, uh, and we. Uh, it, I actually thought it was brilliant from Mane. If if you zoom back five seconds, he was offside, and. He has, and Bobby, to be fair, have a propensity for wandering back. And he didn't. He looked back. He, he took, like, four really quick steps to get back on side. And then he anticipated that there was going to be a, a shot or a cross. And he made, he darted. He already made that move when Trent made contact with the ball. And thankfully, he shanked it wide enough for Manny to him. So you don't think it was a deliberate pass from Trent? No, oh, no, not at all. You think okay? You think it was lucky assist this time? Yeah, great. Okay, all right. Okay, um, just not um, not too much in the pressing um, at, at, in this match, Rosie. Um The moderate number, one hundred and forty-five. The, the the Papa chart was at the bottom of the red zone for most of the match. Possession was a decent, but a lot of that was turnovers. West Ham just look, hoofing it long, going on a turnover ball, and you know, picking us picking up. Uh, Right deep in our own half, got point two xG from pressing on three shots, so it's quite low chances there. One one really nice one was the one in the second half for for um, Naby Keita presses oh, Suchek, I think, and it ends at the Diaz one. I thought that was in Rhodesy that the Diaz one where he, he shapes yeah. up and 
Yeah, inside the far post. So did I. Yeah, and it was just wide. But that was the best one from press. But that was only a 9% chance. So, but the only thing I wanted to say on the pressing stories was that um, there was there was a very controlled press from us in midfield, particularly from Henderson and Cater, uh, Rosie. The, the, the two of them together working well and very disciplined. Gags called it. Well, I was I was quite critical of Henderson in the cup final just because he had the highest volume again, but had three failed presses leading to shots. Whereas in this one, he didn't have any, did he, Dan? So. That, there's a difference. There's your, there's your controlled press. There's your yeah. Um, not they were not, the top two. Henderson thirty one, yeah. K to twenty three. Um, Kate is ninety six percent efficient. Not not no, nothing spectacular. No, you know, not, not not huge numbers. Not massive numbers of possession wins. Anything but just good, disciplined pressing in 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 a, in a system. Which is again what you'd probably need against when Moyes puts in creative number sixes. <laughs> um, you, you, you do need that, especially if you're going to try and win the ball back. Also, especially when you don't have as much possession. Um, our, our pressing, our paper chart increases as the game goes on. Yeah. I think that's because we get less less possession as the game goes on as well. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, praise for Henderson this week for that for those pressing numbers. Just from looking at the raw numbers, Dan, I don't know yeah. if he's. No, I've got, got something I want to come on to at the end about Bahando as well. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to cover that now because on the pressing side, side because the big the big talking point in the media after the game was the high line again, and shortly before half time, fair play to West Ham, they actually spring the off the offside trap straight down the middle, and it leads to um, a proper melee almost I would call it inside the Liverpool box. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it led. Do you think it led to some very nice defending? In the yeah, end, Trent was it Lanzini yeah. who sprung it? Uh, yeah, to Bowen, I think. Yeah, so he he had ru- he made a run with two. Uh, both both the centre backs were a little bit deeper than Trent. Uh, Trent thought he was offside, but he actually wasn't. I think uh, four now wasn't it four now? Uh, no, it was Vlasic, the the guy that made the run. It was Lanzini. Oh, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and um, it was Fornal who had the shot, the dink over, dink over Ali, and um, and then Trent cleared it off the line. Um, but it wasn't offside, and it was ball busting run from Trent to get all the way back. Great fullback play. Um, yeah. And then he was ready for the second shot as well. Uh, and yeah, he, he great. Well. And real credit to Ali for making the shot, the initial shot, as difficult as, it, as he could have. Yeah, because that was tremendous. And he was out. He was out so fast again, wasn't he? For that. Yeah. Um, I, I thought. I thought. I don't know what you guys thought. In this game, it felt like Ali was brilliant outside of the box repeatedly. <laughs> and I looked at the numbers, and he just he wasn't like. The numbers just do not align with it. Um, stats bomb count um, how many touches, not how many touches, but stuff, yeah. um, how many defensive um, touches you have outside the a keeper has outside the box, and supposedly he has none. Um, and that's not how I, I I remember either. But he only actually had eight touches outside the box, um, which is a decent amount for a keeper. But it, Ali's had twenty five this season. Yeah. Yeah, I I I I find that a bit odd that he had zero sweeper actions in this match. Yeah, I thought he was a proper sweeper like three or four times. Yeah, 
No, he, he was he was good. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, but there was a legitimate. It was. It reminded me, Rhodesy, a bit of the Palace one a few weeks back, where Palace um, sprung it with that run from midfield as well. Yeah, with that Elise. Um, yeah, is that what it was it, it? It does that, and and we, I guess we we spoke about it. We spoke about it when 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 um, we didn't concede a big chance, or we conceded like two out of fifteen big chances, and we were saying it how good he was one on one. How he makes the defenders think, how he makes himself big. He doesn't. He doesn't go down too early. And in this, he just stood up and stood up and stood up and said, well, "Are you going to go past me or what?" <laughs> and he tries to chip it, chip him, and gets nothing on it. Yeah. Obviously, Trent plays the offside, plays it badly. Let's be honest. Um, just, just plays him on. And after, after Fornell's got like ten yards ahead of him. Manages to get back with like like Sai said a long busting run. So um, yeah, how annoyed was he at the lines when he didn't? He couldn't be because it was on tie. But he yeah. must have thought looking down the line when he, he played, it, off, he? he thought it was off because he was confusing. It, it it wasn't him that was that was playing him on though, Dan. It was the it was the two big boys. I thought I thought that was for the um, the the second one. I thought that was for the Lanzini one that came in. I thought it was Trent in this one. But either way, it's one of them and it's close. Yeah. If it was Virgil, fair enough. Yeah. Incidentally, incidentally, Darth, I thought Virgil had a... uh, Not written down here, but I'm sure if it was Joe Gomez, it it would have been that. Uh, Virgil made an error leading to a shot. In the first half? First half. With a terrible back header. Yeah, it didn't go down as one. No, as I'm saying, these are so subjective. Virgil, Virgil gets special. Um, <laughs> everybody, like it's, it's like he's not he's not good enough. They have to invent shit. <laughs> um, so, um, second half, right? Talk to me about the second half side because um, we didn't have a shot within 16 meters of goal. West Ham after the 47th minute had two shots, um, both of which were... One of which was definitely a big chance, and another one was was a block from Antonio. So West Ham had virtually nothing, and we couldn't get anything inside the box of note. How, how, how did you see the whole tactical battle in that second half? I thought it, um, a lot of this stuff was... Uh, a little bit... I don't think that's an accurate description, right? Um... I think that um, Boeing going off made a huge difference because uh, Bed Rama. Um, yeah, he's not great. No, no, no. It's the opposite. Um, I thought he played really well. Um, uh, he was a real threat down the left hand side, which pushed Trent back a little bit. So he was further away from our goal. So he was less of a connector. Um, and. But up to the point where Bowen went off, structurally, they were in it properly. And we both had 11 shots at that point. They'd had eight inside our box. We'd had seven inside theirs. Um, And they'd cut us open a few times that don't show up on on the statistics that um, they they should have had a proper big chance from cutting us open down the right-hand side. Lanzini had a bad touch because he'd have been through literally one-on-one with no defender around. So that for sure would have been a bad, uh, a big chance, but he just didn't have a good touch. And a similar to right at the end of the game, Jota, and um, and he just had one touch too many. Otherwise, we'd have had two against the goalie, complete with nobody there. Um, 
I think that that we played too slowly, and they had they had enough chance to get their four and four plus four nails back and block up the holes down the middle, and we didn't switch enough. We had fourteen switches in the game. We averaged usually more than twenty, and uh, only two of those happened after the minute. Um, we just didn't switch enough to to stretch the play. We we just we just allowed them to dictate where we were playing and hope that uh, Diaz or Mo or somebody get in. Diaz did dribble a few times and look exciting, um, but often he made a bad choice once he dribbled past the first play. This is exactly what Phil said last week, wasn't it, Dom? Yeah, yeah. But that will come he, in time. Won't he's it? like an excitable he's... puppy. As he plays with these boys more often, that that that's going to come, isn't it? Yeah, hopefully. You should have laid him more when he dribbled and got fouled on the edge of the box. That was quite an easy pass. That, that would have been a, that would have been a big chance in a goal, probably. Yeah. yeah. Mo tends to not miss two big chances in the game that from that position. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a, just yeah, like you said, just just decision making generally. Yeah, and when we got we got two pullbacks from the hot zone. And both of them went behind three. One went behind three and one went behind four players. It did. And and so we created the the right opportunities. We just made really silly passes. Yeah. Yeah. Just in terms of the numbers, though, and the data here, um, the one thing there was was very little of in this game was pressing chain. Um, There was, I think, it's sort of emblematic of the way that West Ham play against us the longest chain we had in the match was just four which is which is nothing um and it, it's it's all little solo things one-on-one and, and, and a bit you know in, in the especially on their fullbacks high up the pitch but it i just thought it was um i thought they defended quite well one-on-one um considering who they're up against say you know diaz salah and Mane. i thought they actually their defenders defended actually pretty well I thought that they defended really well, but not one-on-one because they never had to defend one. And that's what made them good defenders. So it's, so it's much easier to defend if you've got somebody behind your shoulder, one side or the other, you, and which will direct which way the, the opponent goes. So you give them a weak, a weak side where you know you're going to go, that, that they don't want to go. And maybe they can. So you give them that chance, and then you've still got you've you've still really got somebody to um, uh, come around your shoulder to go and tackle them if they knock the ball long. So the only chance they have of going past you is by literally skilling you on and keeping the ball close and and getting in. And that's just so unlikely because they've got they've got multiple players all the time because we were so slow. We didn't create. We well we we created really three transition phases in the whole game and one was the first minute basically was most chance one was the one you just we just talked about with uh diaz where he didn't make the pass and then one was the last minute of the game with yeah there was i said the one with the with the with the cater with the cater press leading to the diaz shot which came you know when he whistled wide of the post as well that one yeah but he had lots of players in the way didn't he uh yeah i suppose he wasn't he wasn't clearing behind the defense no he was that's what i'm saying he didn't get yeah. behind them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Then there's last one at the end of the game with Jota as well. Yeah, but um, but yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, fair point. Um, can we talk about the midfield um, in this match? Uh, si? there was a lot of praise generally for the midfield. Um, bit of a weird one this because um, I thought we all played well, 
yet there was the underlying threat of the ball over the top. But, you know, essentially that's bypassing midfield, isn't it? And, 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 and against the high line. How did you think the three blended, uh, Fabinho, Thiago and Henderson? Cater. Uh, Fabinho, Cater and Henderson. Largely, I don't know what you guys think, but I thought that they reverted to uh, 18, 19 midfield. Do nothing stupid. Yeah. That's what Gags called it. He said it was disciplined. Yeah, do nothing stupid. So one of the problems with that is that there was no no runners from midfield, which left Mo to do all of the work down one side. Yeah. Um, when very often one of the eights is, is usually a creative, a creative force going past somebody there um, without the ball, and and when Harvey's there with the um, and so we w- nobody was particularly carrying the ball any big distance, um, which is how we create transition moments by um, by the eights bring uh, dribbling the ball through midfield, which commits defenders to the ball, which creates chances further up. Yeah, they had one dribble each, the midfield three, one each. Yeah, but it's just it's the carrying distances. So in this game, we had. Um, two hundred and thirty, two hundred and eighty-five meters of progressive distance carried between between the um the three midfielders. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean like I, I know without context you don't grasp that, but in some games we have over a thousand. Yeah, we t- we we talked about the pod you missed last week, the Leeds one. Um, we talked about the the Leeds game where Matip had over five hundred and Jones had over three hundred and fifty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you need. You need you need game breakers. Our biggest game breaker was Diaz, um, but two hundred and sixty, or you know, it's very nice and stuff. But but you need more from the midfield. The midfield was none of that, um, which opens space for the forwards, which creates the those um, the space and the the basically it commits defenders which creates gaps for them to run into. So we didn't have any of that. What we did was um, we retained possession and made no mistake. There were, there were, I think there were three moments in the game where we did apply, apply, apply enough pressure to the passer, um, which allowed them to look up and make the accurate pass in behind. Usually they just had one touch and then pinged it over uh, Antonio, but on three times they made an accurate pass in behind because there was no pressure on the ball and then we got beaten on the offside. Talking about that though, Dan, I think the the conservative uh, nature of the midfield reflects in the amount of shots West Ham had in the second half. You know, the one goal down, they're chasing the game, and they had three shots. They had one between the start of the second half and the big chance on Lanzini, and then only one more after that. Yeah. Yeah. Against against Chelsea, against Chelsea, we had two failed presses leading to big chances in the second half. Yeah. And And there's your difference. Yeah, and, and and to be fair, like as, as I said, there was a couple of moments. There was, there was, there was. Yeah. So yeah, um, but I, I just thought, um, um, I thought it was a really nicely controlled performance from the three. Um, um, and I thought this was Henderson's best game, um, in quite a while. I think. Uh, so, and my question to you is, um, my untrained eye, very untrained eye, um, he looks fitter to me than he did at the start of the season. Is he? Um, honestly, without having any numbers, I'm not sure. He he doesn't have... There were very visible um, signs of him flagging at 35, 40 minutes and then at 65 minutes in lots of games earlier in the season. 
and we aren't seeing that. But I don't know if that's because he is a bit fitter or because he's just not making as many runs. Because he was running around like a lunatic, making lots of outside, inside-out runs, going around Mo um, and getting in the box probably too much. So I don't know if he's just conserving energy better than he was or he's a bit fitter. I'm not sure. And okay, and then the other one is: is how do you see um, Cater playing the Wijnaldum role? Because I think Cater is playing Wijnaldum perfectly. Yeah, and um, somebody in the, put in the chat. I think it might have been Patrick. Because um, um, Naby played ninety minutes in this game, is he likely to play any role versus Inter? Um, the fatigue index says I'm fairly sure um, it says he's fine. Nabi is green, yeah, so he can just play. He's He's got a chronic load of 110 minutes, which so means... He could, he could either start and play 60 or come on and play the last 30 or something. Yeah, 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 easy. Yeah, and is is, is Thiago going to play any role against Inter? Um, I don't know. He did. The, 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 it was he's posting pictures of himself on Instagram, so <laughs> in training, so I presume he feels like he's good. He's got a good social media game, hasn't he, Thiago? Yeah. Yeah. It's um, not quite as good as his actual football game, but <laughs> how much fun! I, 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 I'm very excited to see him. I, um, I'm excited to see Diaz live. Yes, yes. Um, so I've got one last one last date of this for the for this one, um, Rosie. Uh, I want you to do this because you, um, has I've done a lot of pressing collections this year. You probably collected ten or twelve matches so far this season. Yeah, and, twelve. Um, you always said how much of a different perspective it gives you on the um, on, on, on the things when you have to pause, rewind, and watch it in slow motion and stuff like that. So what I've, what I've got is, is um, I've gone back to the start of 2019, the title winning season, and I've looked at taking all of Jordan Henderson's presses collected by yourself and Gags uh, and then put them into buckets of 100 and looked at the pressing efficiency of, um, of him um, per 100 presses since that period. And there was a period... Basically, when he started collecting this season, um, when, he, when we were continually talking about this between August and November, when he plummets down to really, really poor levels, like 65% he reaches at one point, compared to being, you know, in the back end of the title winning season, 95%, you know, 90 to 5%, 95%. How have you seen Henderson um, this season when you've been collecting, and, and have you noticed the, any differences in the most recent matches? Well, it's... You... You've you've highlighted it perfectly there with the chart. I think if you look anywhere below seventy five on there is what you would say poor um, in terms of his efficiency in the press. Um, anything above anything above eighty five, really, you you consider excellent. Which is back up to where, which is where, which yeah. is where he is now. Seventy five and eighty five is about his median, um, <clears throat> and there was a massive dip. There was a dip between. Um, the start of the season and mid to late October. Yeah. yeah. But what does that look like on video when you were collecting it? What, do, what does that it, do? it looks, I think we showed it. It looks like, it looks like going on your own too often when, when a player could, there's an e- easy pass for a player. If you commit yourself, there's no point in trying that press by yourself at that moment in time, because you're just going to, that he's just going to knock it around you and you're taken out of the game and then there's all the space in behind you. Um, and then there is intelligent pressing where you, you'll, you'll see, you'll notice that and you'll either wait for someone to close down the guy who's got a free pass, which is either Trent or Salah um, or Fab, 
and then then you go. So it's just a split second decision making and when to go and when not to go increases your efficiency. And in recent, in the Chelsea game, I said that there was a lot of that, a lot of good stuff. But then there were three particularly bad ones that led to big chances. So you notice them more. But if you have a failed press and then we turn off the ball next phase, it doesn't matter, does it? Whereas we noticed them in that Chelsea game, especially because it was a cup final. But in this one, the first thing I looked at was, was it, were there any failed presses leading to a shot? No, there wasn't. So good. And then you, you compare it with the other three midfielders because that's, that's where your that's where your engine is in terms of controlling um, the middle and controlling possession, controlling retaining yeah. the ball, and that's what they did. I think one of the first ones you collected was Brentford, um, yeah. and you you were. <laughs> I remember the pod. You were absolutely you, you were disgusted. I think he said <laughs> yeah. how he how, how naive it was and how yeah. Uh, well, that's what ties in with what Sai just said at the start of the season. He was running around like headless chicken at times. Yeah, yeah. As um, was Jota, I think, at the time when I was talking about it. But um, both of them improved massively. Yeah, and that's one thing that one thing that um, and I think Jones as well and and Milner as well were, was really were really struggling in the autumn as well, weren't they, Booty? Yeah, uh, I think it'd be nice to overlay the midfield and see, players. yeah, and see who was um, and see which midfielders have kept up any level of consistency with the efficiency. Yeah, another thing we we talked about earlier this season was when Matic was continually charging out and getting caught and beaten in the press. Yes, well. that's another yeah. one. Yeah, um, so but that's what pleased me say about your comment before when you when you I was talking about the second half and. Like going back to the eighteen nineteen style of things. If that's the thing, if that's what you're, if that's what you think you're seeing, I, I'm I'm happy with that because that's when the press is at its most effective. When we're at the our, the system, is it is it is it is at its most formidable? Yeah, but I think I think that there is still. I I think we're that midfield were a little bit under risk, a little bit too risk averse. I think we were too slow. We made three switches field in the whole game. Some got, sometimes Henderson has twelve. Like I'm not saying I want Henderson to make twelve switches, but I would like Thiago to make seven. Um, and you, I think Thiago is the he is the most risk averse while being the most progressive because yeah. Yeah. he doesn't make stupid passes in the first place. Yeah, he's got the control and he's got the penetration, which is a rare... He doesn't rare. need to force passes, and he, yeah. but he is so cerebral that he he picks the right moment to attempt a risky pass when we already have this the comfort blanket around to smother. Yeah, yeah. And what we weren't doing was making passes too early in the phase that we were that we got lads literally midair running forward as the ball was turned over, and so that they don't they they lose a second and a half stopping and turning round to run back. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on the uh, the Henderson database which I shared to uh, say? Yeah, that's great. Uh, I, I think it, it it's very telling. It it, it just emphasises what what uh, Dan said before. Um, that it's right. It looks like this season. I would love to see how the others fit within that. Um, if we look at if I roll this ball retention um, alongside that, that it will be up and down, squiggly, and it's starting to level off about where the last leveling happens with that too. And that's where we need. Henry. 
that lad who does nothing wrong. And- yeah, and doesn't expose the system. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. I agree. Okay. Um, any other business? We cover everything. Did you get everything you needed to cover, Roti? Uh, did we discuss the Lanzini chance when he skies it? He just fell over. <laughs> was that Van Dijk again played him on side? Looked like yeah. It. Th- I don't know which one played him on side, but that was the one chance, and he take it. That would have been a big chance. Yeah, yeah I, I would say, Dan, this is because obviously lots of people have been talking about it. That the high line got criticised again. This is where. A team plays an offside trap, but it's nothing to do with a high line. It's on the edge of the box. It's yeah. not. A, it's just an offside trap. There's a difference. And you made a comment under someone sweat on Twitter that he said, "Yeah, imagine, imagine chances being conceded from other situations other than playing through a high line." <laughs> like, Somebody, I, I bloody somebody, a famous journalist uh, man, well, Miguel Delaney, and he basically talks about the bloody Kovic, no, not the Kovacic chance, the um, Pulisic chance in the in, in the in the cup final. Again, that was, that was inside the box. It's to, <laughs> that was inside the fucking box, man. It's nothing to do with a high line. Who who are the it, best defenders with high line? The, the one which is the high line was the one in the first half, which Bowen sprung, wasn't it? That was a high line because we were like, you know, 48 metres from our goal. Yeah, the fog bear chips it over him. That's a high line. Um, so, Sai, you were going to come in then? Yeah, who who's who are the best defences in the league? Um, the top three. So, uh, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, and then would you go as far as Wolves? Uh, you're very lucky. Very hot. Their keepers having a De Gea 17-18 season. Mendy season. But of the top five teams that with the highest percentage of, of through-ball attempts um, per game against, it's those five with... with uh, No, it's those four with Leeds. Because who doesn't want to slip a through-ball against Leeds? Um, <laughs> but Le- Leeds are the same. Leeds are, Leeds are very similar... Um, defensive setup to us in the um they press their absolute nuts off the problem with Leeds is they've got too many injuries that they don't have any fast center back to, to counteract their high line but they've carried on playing it so yeah. there were in january last year oh, brilliant. yeah so your point is is that all all good teams can see through balls because they play so high exactly and we also have the um the highest sort of of all teams that play against us, we have the highest percentage uh, to go with the highest number of offsides caught. The um, teams in the league play one point two percent of all of their passes are caught offside against Liverpool. It's madness! It's absolute madness. It's that um, because we have the world's best sweeper keeper behind the high line and we have the world's best centre back organising the high line and which is why we catch so many teams offside. So yeah. I'm perfect. And we have the fastest we have the fastest defence in the league in maybe the world. That's and fast even fast. no one talks about how fast Trent is, but Trent is plenty fast. Yeah. When you think that Matip is the slowest, then you're in a good place, aren't you? Yeah. When Joel Matip is your slowest centre back. Legs are too long. 
Right, okay. That has been your Under Pressure podcast for this week. We will be back again next week for yet another doubleheader. This time it will be Inter and Brighton. Until then, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.